Welcome to Compare to Who, the podcast to help you stop comparing and start living. I'm your host, Heather Creekmore. I hate to admit this, but I used to secretly obsess over my appearance. I thought it was part of my job as a woman to always look better, but never felt like I could be good enough. Maybe you can relate. God, in His grace, showed me a way out, and I want to give you all the tools you need to break free too. If you've ever spent too much time stressing over your looks, I get it. I hope you'll keep listening and find the same freedom I have. Here are three other things you should know about me. I'm a minivan driving mom of four. I'm author of the book Compared to Who and the forthcoming book The Burden of Better. I'm a blogger at comparedtowho.me and you just may have seen my epic big fail on Netflix. If you've ever struggled with comparison or body image issues, Compared to Who is the show for you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hey, tell a friend about it. Hey friend, it's Heather Creekmore from Compared to Who. Thank you so much for listening today. Today marks the end of season three. It's my 53rd episode of the Compared to Who podcast. So thank you sincerely. Thank you for listening. Thank you for supporting this podcast. Thank you for your notes of encouragement as to how this podcast has blessed you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. In just a second, we're going to go to the audio from a video I did for YouTube on what to do if you hate how you look in pictures. Now, if you're like me, this is a real struggle, so I hope you'll hang on. But before we get to that, I just wanted to take a second and encourage you that if the podcast has blessed you, would you consider giving it a review? That helps other people find it. And I don't ask a lot, but I would just be so tremendously blessed if you would just take a second and review this podcast so that other people can find it and hopefully find freedom from body image and comparison struggles. Now, I'm going to take a little break for the summer, but when I come back in August and September, we're going to start talking about comparison. We're going to talk about comparison mostly because my new book called The Burden of Better, How a Comparison-Free Life Leads to Joy, Peace, and Rest will be coming out September 22nd. Now, it's already available on Amazon and Barnes & Noble and all the places, so if you want to reserve a copy, you can go there and, um, and pre-order it right now. I think there's a pre-order price guarantee with Amazon, so if the price would go down any time before it releases, they'll give you the lowest price. So consider going and pre-ordering this book, but more than that, I hope that you'll consider listening again next season. Subscribe to the podcast so you and I can hash through why we struggle with comparison and really find some answers in the Bible that will encourage us and most of all, set us free from the burden of better that comparison drives us to. I'd also love it if we could be email friends. Go to my website, comparedtoyou.me, and sign up to get my emails. This is important because if we're just a social media friends, there's a really good chance that you're not seeing a lot of what I'm putting out. Facebook has gotten so bad, you guys. We're out of my 6,000 friends there, my fans on my Compared to You page. It shows my posts to only like 200 people. So there's a really good chance you're not seeing my content. And I want to connect with you. Once you have my email address and I have your email address, hey, I'd love to hear from you. So will you go to comparedtoyou.me and sign up for my email list? I email you maybe three times, four times a month, tops. Never spam. You can unsubscribe at any time. In fact, 
One of my favorite things is sometimes to have people unsubscribe because I've had this happen like 10 times or so where I'll have a woman say, I love your emails. They have carried me through a really hard season. They encouraged me, but they've actually helped me get back on track and I'm good now. So I'm not going to subscribe anymore because I feel better. You've helped. I'm back where I need to be. And so I love those messages. So would you consider subscribing? Who knows when I'm going to talk about a topic that you might be struggling with and you can get an email with encouragement right in your inbox and maybe that'll just be the word that you need for that day to help your struggles. So sign up for that email list. I'd really love to connect with you that way. Okay, without further ado, we're going to talk about why we struggle with how we look in pictures. And I'm going to give you some practical tips as to what to do with that struggle. Here it is straight from YouTube. Here we go. Today, I'm going to talk about something that it has literally taken me years to talk about. Like friends, I have started this blog post again and again and gotten absolutely nowhere. Um, but this week, I think I cracked the code. Well, maybe not, but this week I decided to just go ahead and write about it, to just go ahead and put out there my thoughts and my feelings about one important issue. That issue is how we feel about ourselves in photos. Now, friends, I've been working with women on the body image front for, for several years now, and this is one question I get a lot. What do I do if I hate the way I look in pictures? What can I do to fix that? And I think what happens is most of us actually believe that we can fix our bodies, fix the way we look in such a way where we will be content with how we look in pictures. That we talk a lot about the body image idol and the lies that surround that idol. And I think that this is one of those lies, right? We see ourselves in a picture and we're like, and we think, okay, I need to do better. I'm going to lose that weight. I'm going to tone up. I'm going to get this fixed. I'm going to get that fixed. And then I'll be content with what I see in pictures. But friends, I don't know how many of you have experienced this or not, but it doesn't actually work that way. Okay. Um, I know personally, there was a time in my life right before my wedding, when I got down to a size and a weight that I had never seen since elementary school. Um, and I remember getting my wedding pictures back and being like, Oh, Oh no, I can't stand that one. No, I don't like that one. And, and still feeling discontent with the way I looked in pictures. So the solution is not to fix your body. The way you look in pictures, how you feel about the way you look in pictures is related to your body image. It's just another layer in kind of unraveling or I picture like an onion, like kind of getting to the root of those body image issues. How you look in pictures and how you feel about that is just another layer in all of this. And so where I want to go today is I want to talk about like what is still at the root if you're struggling with how you look in pictures and what you can do about it. So thing one, we already talked about the solution is not fix your body. The other solution is not just to avoid pictures. Okay. Now I'm talking to you because I know you because I'm like you and probably what you've done is volunteered to be the photographer. In fact, I know many, many, many women photographers because you know what? If you're on the other side of the camera, you don't have to be in the picture and that seems to solve the problem, right? But 
Friends, in the long run, like 10, 20, 30 years from now, when you look back on your family pictures and you're not in any of them, I don't think you're gonna be relieved. I think you're gonna be sad. So my encouragement to you, and there's been a zillion blog posts on why you should get in the picture, and, and some of those acknowledge body image, some of them don't, but my encouragement to you, friend, is, is that staying out of all pictures is not gonna be a solution that is going to really help you get to the heart of this issue. Okay, so what is at the heart of this issue? You might be surprised by this, but I'm going to call it objectification. Now, objectification is a term that we use a lot in our culture related to how men look at women. Objectification, the root word there being object, we accuse men, sometimes rightfully, of looking at women as objects. They objectify a woman. Now, why is it bad to objectify any person or male or female? Because we are more than just our bodies, right? We are body, soul, spirit. Like we're not Gnostics. God didn't create us like separate from our bodies. Our bodies, our soul, our spirit, our mind, we're like all one being. So to separate those things, to just look at someone as a body is to ignore the rest of their being and really to ignore what gives them value, right? Because our value is more than just our physical beings. Our value is more than just our body. Our value is the whole package. And we know when we get to heaven, we'll have a different body, a recreated heavenly body. And so really what lasts about us is not the physical, right? It's, it's all everything else. So back to objectification. How is objectification at play here? Well, what, what we've been taught by marketers since we were born is that you look at a picture and you are inspired. Pictures in marketing are to be aspirational, something we should aspire to. So when you see a picture in a magazine or on a billboard, or even a moving picture of video on television, a commercial, um, sometimes even movies and television shows are designed for this, we see those images and those are to be aspirational. And what our brain is supposed to do, what marketers are counting on our brains doing, is our brain is supposed to see those pictures and it's supposed to say, ooh, that's better than me. Ooh, I like that. I need to get to that better. Ooh, if I got to that better, wow, then everything else in my life would be better. I need to be that. And so that is how our brains have been trained to process pictures. They aspire something within us to be better than we are. And that's when it creates a problem, right? Because we look at pictures of ourselves and we realize, hmm, there's not much aspirational about that. No one's going to look at that picture of me from the beach party and think, I want to be like that. And we feel let down. We feel disappointed with the way our image looks in a still photo. Now, back to objectification. <laughs> the problem is, friends, we objectify ourselves. Now, I've talked about this in other contexts before, but not specifically in the context of pictures. But what happens too often, my friend, I do it too, that's why I know about it, is we look at a picture of ourselves and we objectify ourselves. We look at ourselves just as an image, a flat image, on the screen or on, maybe if you print your pictures, if you're old school, a printed picture, right? You look at that image and you don't see who you really are. You don't see your heart, your soul, your mind, your emotions, 
right? And then the other thing is, I think a lot of times we don't even see what's around us. Like we could have a picture of like our, our children looking at us adoringly, like showing in this picture, like that they love their mommy so much. And yet we look at the picture and we're like, oh man, like, oh, I got too many, like wrong angle, too many chins that day. Like, oh, I hate that picture. And we miss, we miss the setting. Maybe you went on vacation someplace gorgeous and you get a picture there that you don't like. You miss that you were in this amazing location. You miss everything else and you just look at yourself as a flat one dimensional being and you objectify yourself and you decide, I don't look like what I've seen, what I've been taught to appreciate in pictures, and so therefore I'm dissatisfied. What do you think? Is that you? It's been me many, many times. So so what do we do? I mean, like I said, we've been taught to do this. And now, okay, we've got our screens is where we see a picture. See, it used to be like you could just shoot a whole roll of pictures and you get them back and you're like, oh, bummer, don't like that one, throw it away. Don't like that one, throw it away. Oh, this one's okay, I'll keep this. But now, friend, you can just see your picture on the screen and you can like use your fingers and like blow up the parts like, ooh, you know, is that flesh around my armpit really? Oh, let's just, oh boy, oh, I don't want to see it, that thing. I mean, we've all done it, okay? So we've got a bigger problem, right? Pictures like are just this reflection of the parts of our physical being that we would just rather ignore. So, so what do we do? Hey there, how much is freedom worth to you? That's kind of an odd question, right? When I was in the midst of my struggle with disordered eating and body image, I would have paid anything I had to be free. Truth is, I spent a lot of my budget on things I thought could help me be free, like new diets, exercise gizmos, clothing, but none of those things really helped. I'm so grateful that God showed me the way out. And now I'm passionate about helping others find their way out too. I want them to know that Jesus already paid it all. They don't have to spend another cent to find the freedom they really desire. But truth is, it does cost me something to get this message out, compared to who can't spread the message of Jesus' offer of freedom without the help of women like you. Would you consider making a contribution? Check out Compared to Who's Patreon page at patreon.com slash compared to who. Then prayerfully consider giving $1 or $5 a month, whatever you can to help. Any amount you'd be willing to donate would be a huge blessing and will go directly towards covering the operating expenses of this ministry. Thank you for being a part of seeing other women set free from the chains of body image and comparison. May God bless your generosity. Well, I think part of what we do is we have to dig into why we feel shame about all this, right? Because that's really what it is, right? I am ashamed of those pictures. I do not like those pictures. They fill me with shame. I'm afraid that if you see these pictures of me, that you'll think less of me, um, that you won't like me as much. I mean, we don't really articulate it in that way, but I think all of those things are just processing around in our brains, as we look at a picture, feel disappointed, feel shame about how we look in the picture, and then feel fearful that other people will see the picture and think negative things about us. So let's kind of dig into shame. Well, shame started in the garden, right? It started with Adam and with Eve, and they did what God told them not to do. They ate from the knowledge, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And in a way, like they bought Satan, the great marketer, right? They bought his lie, just like we buy the lies of like this skin cream will make my skin perfect. Like Adam and Eve bought Satan's lie. And Satan's lie was, if you eat from this tree, your lives will be better. 
Okay, friends, they already had perfect lives, right? They walked with God. They had everything they could ever want or need. They didn't even have television to know what they were missing out on, okay? They, they lived incredible lives, but yet Satan still convinced them it could be better. And so they ate of the tree of, of how to make it better. And what happened was they disobeyed God and they felt shame. And so the good news for those of us that feel shame today is that Jesus came and covered that sin and our sins as well to cover our sin and shame. And it's through his sacrifice that we are considered flawless in his eyes. Now, why did I say it like that? In his eyes. Because I think too many times we expect that once our shame is gone, once Jesus sees us as flawless, and I'm singing the Mercy Me Flawless song in my head. If you know the song, look it up. It's a great song. But I think too often we expect that then we'll see ourselves as flawless as well. And I don't think that's realistic, right? Because I think though we should aspire to see ourselves as Jesus sees us, absolutely. But we can't you know, pretend that all of a sudden we're going to be able to do that perfectly because really what we wrestle with friends, what we really wrestle with is a tension between my opinions about me and God's opinions about me, right? Like that's, that's always what it comes down to. A lot of you, I know were raised in church. Like I was, you write to me, you tell me these things and you know that you're fearfully and wonderfully made. You know, your body is the temple of the Holy spirit. You know, you're his masterpiece. Like you can rattle off all of the Bible verses and yet you struggle with body image. Why? Because, and I'm going to tread gently here, but because at a certain level, God's opinion of you is not as important as your opinion of you. Ouch. Okay. I know that wasn't fun. Forgive me, but I need to tell you this truth because friend, until we realize that our opinion of ourselves is not the most important thing, we're going to stay stuck. So I talked to women who were like, Oh, I don't compare. I'm not trying to be like anyone else. I just want to be like the ideal me. I just want to be the me that I know I can be. Well, okay. So you're excusing your idolatry and like serving all of these other things to try to be your ideal me. Like, like that's so you can please who exactly? Cause like God doesn't ask you to do all that stuff. So who are you trying to please? Oh, you're trying to please yourself. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't think that's what he asks of us, my friend. So when you look at a picture of yourself, what do you see and what would it take not for you to see yourself as flawless, but for you to look at that picture and think, you know what? I'm free from shame. God accepts me as I am. God's sacrifice has made me flawless in his eyes. I'm not going to objectify myself and it's going to be okay. I don't have to protect this image of myself. I mean, really friends, that's what it comes down to is protecting your image, whether it's your body image, or maybe it's just like what people think about you, that people think you're nice. I've struggled with that. Or that people, you know, think you're a good Christian or a good mother or a good wife or whatever it is you want people to think about you. Like all of that is just a self-protection thing that God wants us to be free from. He says, I covered your shame. I know you're imperfect. Only through me can you be flawless. I got you covered. You don't have to hide anymore. I'm protecting you now. You don't have to protect your image. So back to pictures. 
I want you to remember when you look at those pictures of yourself this summer, I want you to first of all remember whose opinion matters most, okay? Plain and simple, remember that. But then let me give you some more real practical things that you can do. I like to be really practical. Like I, I, I love to dig into the deeper issues. Like why am I struggling with this? Why is this such a battle for me? But then at the end of the day, like what can I do? Well, thing one, and this is similar advice to what I give you when you're trying on bathing suits, but you don't have to stare that Dickens out of your photo, okay? Friend, like you are not an object. So don't treat yourself like an object that needs to be scrutinized, like the the, you know, this appliance at the bang and dent place that you need to like look over fully inspect before you decide whether or not you're going to purchase it, right? Or the rental car that you have to walk around and make sure there's nothing wrong with it before you rent it. Okay. You are not that. Okay. You are more than just an image on the page. So stop treating yourself like an object when you see yourself in a photo. Take a step back. Do not zoom in. I'm watching you. <laughs> Do not zoom in, okay? Just stop treating yourself like an object. Look at the big picture, okay? Look, look at how other people around you are smiling. And look at the beautiful place that you were at when you got your picture taken. Like, look at the big picture. Let go of the details as to whether or not you didn't have your arm out. Like, I'm in Texas where everyone puts their arm out. If you didn't have your arm out in the right way so your upper arm doesn't look too flabby. Like, forget all that. Just look at the big picture and do not stare at yourself like you're an object. Now, a second truth is, though, friend, you don't have to love all pictures of yourself, okay? There's, I mean, I used to have all these pictures on my phone that my kids would take when they were little, and they're like, you know, the up angle, up angle is never a good angle on mommy. Let me just tell you that, right? So it's like, you don't have to love every picture of yourself. Like, that's ridiculous, too. I'm not saying that. Like, that's, that's crazy unrealistic, okay? But I'm just encouraging you to see yourself through eyes of grace. Be gentle with yourself when you see yourself in pictures. Okay, and then this third one, this one's hard. Don't objectify other women in pictures. And I know it's hard because they scroll through your Instagram and your Facebook feeds and they're friends and you're kind of curious, like, wow, does she really look that good in a bathing suit? Hmm. Oh, wow. She has thigh cap. Oh, oh, wow. Her arms look good and she doesn't even have her elbow out. Like, I know that you're doing that. And I know that you're tempted to do that every time you see your picture. But friend, that's just comparison. And that's a trap. God didn't call you to be her. He called you to be you. And you know what? He equipped you with everything you need physically to be you. And he equipped her with everything she needs physically to be her. So don't worry about what she looks like in pictures. If she looks better than you, great. I mean, really, what, what are you trying to achieve anyway? Figure out whether or not you look better than her. Well, friend, that's just pride. That's not your way out of anything. And if you decide she looks better than you, does that really help you at the end of the day? It really doesn't. So stay in your own lane and part of staying in your own lane, my friend, part of remembering that you have a unique purpose, that you were created for something in Christ that like, he has for you and he knows you and he picked what he has for you because he knows you. Like, you know, so many hairs you have, like, you have on your head. Like, that's, that's pretty specialized, what he's designed for you, my friend. Don't worry about her, okay? And when you look at her picture and when you blow it up with your two fingers on the screen, you are objectifying her. You are forgetting everything you know about her as a person. She has mind, soul, spirit, and friend that she struggles too right? Having a perfect picture does not make you not struggle. All you have to do is look at the magazine covers and see the celebrities who look model perfect 
on the cover of Glamour or Vogue or whatever magazine you like, People, Us Weekly, and read the headlines around them and you will see that perfect looking people in pictures still have struggles. Friends, models still have a hard time with what they look like in pictures. Okay, so give yourself grace. Don't objectify yourself. Don't objectify others. And friend, get your picture taken this summer. Let me know what your thoughts are on this topic. And hey, if you would, would you subscribe to this YouTube channel or subscribe to the podcast and give it a review if you think about it? That just helps the word get out. Thanks so much. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey friend, would you check out the date on that episode you just listened to? Yeah, it's been a minute. Listening to old podcasts is almost like reading my diary from several years ago. In some cases, it's even a little embarrassing. So instead of listening straight through season by season, can I encourage you to skip ahead? I release brand new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. And if you're not sure where to start, you can go to improvebodyimage.com, find the Start Here button, and I've got several episodes listed and categorized so you can find the topics that are of most interest to you. Your time is valuable, so skip straight to the good stuff. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for letting me be a part of your body image and food freedom journey. What do you do when the world around you is falling apart? It's amazing to me how many people are breathing air. They're going about their business and doing the things you're supposed to do. But if you really ask them, they know that on the inside, they are spiritually and emotionally and relationally dead. If we're not careful, all of us can experience that death. When what we need to do, even as the world around us is falling apart, we need to learn how to march when it would be easier to stay where we are and die. Join me each week on the March or Die show as we discuss that and so much more.